to Sebastian Jovinko, cross goal to Zorio! What a finish from Jonathan Osorio! And Toronto FC having trailed, take the lead with two minutes of the first leg left to play. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Red Patch Boys podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Miller, filling in for the beloved Ben McClellan, who is off tonight. And knowing I couldn't bear the weight of this podcast on my own, I had to bring in some support. So you know him almost as well as I do, for he joined me a couple episodes ago. It is the wonderful, the musical, David Oliveira. David, how are you doing today? What's going on, everyone? Uh, ben, how does it feel? It need, you need two people to replace you on the podcast when you're gone. Do the job of two. He carries immense weight, does, does Ben, and, and we, we do miss him, and uh, he'll be back. But, hey, like I said a, no, a number of times on this podcast, this is all volunteer work. We all have lives outside of this, and um, based on how the season's going, I think Ben decided to work <laughs> rather than watch. So oh, I'm not uh, going I respect to that uh, immensely. But um, in light of that, wanting to bring a bit more cheer and fun to a difficult season, I thought we'd bring out a big gun. Someone we haven't heard from since season one of the Red Patch Boys podcast. I know him as Poppy. You know him as Vice Presidente. It's the legendary Peter Pikachian. Peter, how you doing? Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. Listen I'm good. to that sexy voice. Hey, look at that voice just to match the guns now. It, what you don't know is during the games, if you're ever in the stadium and you see Peter drumming away, what you don't know is he's actually not hitting the drum. That's all him. It's all acoustics. It's, you know, it's just right in the, the, right in the throat. It's very guttural. Um, thank very you, thank you. Stuff, actually. I try, I try. Um, but uh, Peter, thank you for joining us. I know you're a busy gentleman, especially having to, uh, to do your part of running the Red Patch Boys. So, so thank you for joining us. Um, Thank you for having us. Thank you, Ben, for not showing up today, so I can be on. Yeah, Ben, you're you're in trouble. We we might we might not have you back with these gentlemen on tonight. We'll see how it goes. But uh, next round's on Ben. Next round is on Ben, and I think that's a perfect transition to our episode sponsor, Bosch Kung Brewing. Um, I don't know about you two gentlemen or you listeners, but I've noticed recently it has been hot. It's been hotter than two rats in a wool sock trying to make a baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> it has been so hot that I've been looking for a reprieve and a refresh. And I couldn't find a better refreshing way to enjoy a TFC game than cracking a Bosch Kung brewing beer. But if you want to escape the humidity and heat, may I suggest a short trip up to Halliburton, Ontario. If you look at your temperature right now, hopefully you're in your car and you can see that it's something like 35 degrees Right now, it is a cool, crisp 21 degrees in Halliburton. You can get up there and enjoy a Bosch Kung brew where it's actually brewed, on-site, fresh as it gets. I suggest you pick up a Bosch Kung Brewing at www.boschkungbrewing.com. And when you use checkout code RPBPODCAST, save yourself 15%. So that's Bosch Kung Brewing. Good beer is in our nature. What was the percentage there, Kim? Pardon me? What was the percentage, the saving? Uh, I believe it's 15% saving. 15%. That's more than uh, HST, everyone. What are you waiting for? No reason not to enjoy a Bosch car. More so, than what you get at BMO Field. 
<laughs> yeah, let's not ever compare the cost of BMO beers to, to Boschgang. I'll have 12 Boschgangs before I have a, a single tall can. So Or the flavor. Watch more of the flavor <laughs> on that one. Um, and we can thank our, our good friend. Uh, um, uh, oh, my gosh. Why can't I think of his name? Matt Renda. Renda. Mr. Renda, bearded. I'm going to have a, bearded a sip of my Boschgang to bring back my memory there. <laughs> So uh, without Ben, this uh, this podcast is off to a glorious organized start. So I'm going to get us right on track and ask us what happened in Le Classique Canadiana. This derby game really felt lackluster, so much so it looked like there was really only one team on the pitch and they were not wearing red. Well, we never wear red, so it could have been anyone. <laughs> Gentlemen, we lost 1-0 to Club de Foot de Montreal. Um, this is a tough pill to swallow. We did beat them in the Canadian Championships, for what it's worth. Um, but that's not going to mean anything unless we beat Vancouver. So this game does mean a lot to us in the league. We are squandering a lot of points here. We're hoping to, to push for a playoff position, try and make the most of this season that is, quote-unquote, in transition as we adopt the um, – Italian national team identity. Um, but what are some thoughts on this game? Um, Peter, I'll start with you. You're passionate about how this game went. You weren't, you weren't thrilled. What can you sum up about this match? Um, I can just say Bono showed up and saved our team from getting a worse beating. That's for sure. He uh, did phenomenal shot, shot stopper. We've always said it. He's amazing for that, and he showed up. Unfortunate goal on us, but after all that pressure, it was bound to happen. Um, other than that, we had a couple of chances, but they were both offside. And that sums up the game. It wasn't much. Were you, you were in the stadium, Peter, right? I wasn't. However, I was told what happened. So... so Tell us a bit more about that. I know, you know, when you're at away day, you travel, you're bringing all the energy into the stadium. And if you're listening and you've never been to a TFC away day, do yourself a favor, try and plan one, pick your favorite American city, pick a local Canadian city. If you want to stay more local, go to an away day, regardless of what happens on the pitch. It's a wonderful opportunity to go and learn more about a different city, meet some of the opposing fans. I think there is more of a benevolent nature about MLS fans than anywhere else in the world. Um, but unfortunately, this away day left a bit of a sour taste in everyone's mouth, and it was not the beer at uh, Peel Pub or McLean's. Uh, what, what was wrong with the, the end of this game here, Peter? Um, the players didn't show up to give their recollection or like a thank you for showing up. We had a big crowd. Um, I think we had filled out the whole section that uh, Montreal gave us. Um, it ran smooth going to the stadium, no issues. Cops helped us out. I heard cops helped out well. Coming back, there was uh, another issue. We won't talk about that. Um, however, in the stadium, they sang. I heard them. All the videos, we heard them. And I think during the game, I watched uh, quite a bit of it. And also in, in the highlights, you can hear our Toronto fans louder than Montreal, that's for sure. However, at the end of the game, um, some of the leaders that were there from the other groups, they even they were actually pretty annoyed that we even reached out to the front office going, hey, this is not cool. Like, why didn't the players not come up? I'm not sure if it's a culture thing, maybe because we have a lot of new players 
However, I think the players should understand, hey, if you have a big crowd of away fans over there, especially in Montreal, you go show some respect. I get it. And, and we'll hear from you in a minute here, David. But I'll, I'll say I get it. I would be upset too. I'm pissed off when I lose in my sixes side co-ed league. And really all I'm working for is the beer after the game. But losing takes it out of you and you get frustrated. We're in a run of games where we're not doing anything. It could be, you know, almost half the season now where it hasn't gone this team's way. Losing 1-0 again is frustrating. Frustrating because we didn't have a lot of chances. The ones we got called back. Bono stood on your head. You know, you, you this game could have easily been, you know, 3-4-0. Um, so I'm assuming these boys felt pissed off and angry and they didn't want to go out and shake the hands and, and clap for the fans. And that's completely unacceptable. Don't forget who you're playing for, and that's the fans. You know, it, it, you, you can't get too big in, in this game. You can't go beyond the fans. That's what you're there for. Um, and so that's upsetting. But, but, David, as you look at this game, what are your thoughts about the performance? What are your thoughts about kind of what's going on as they head back home for the next game? So just going over the game there, um, we were second to pretty much every single ball. Um, Montreal wanted it more, and it showed. And the uh, scoreline reflected it at the end. It was super tough to watch. Uh, just wave after wave of Montreal attacks. And we had no answer for them. Um, Bono was easily the standout of the game. Uh, save of the year, probably. Uh, if not, a very good candidate for one. Stopping the ball right on the line there. Um, I mean, his ball stopping has never, uh, never been in question. His distribution isn't uh, isn't the greatest, to put it nicely. But um, going back to what Peter's saying with the fans, you know, if if the players decided not to show up, that's on them. The fans showed up. The fans paid out of their own pocket to go watch them play. The least they can do after that horrible performance in a derby match is go over to the corner and acknowledge the fans. That's a joke. And the, I hope the team leaders pull these, uh, these guys aside and tell them that that's unacceptable. And I hope some of them are listening to this podcast. They should because it's one of the better ones. Um, and I, I really, really hope that that gets through to them. Don't forget who's there every single game to cheer you guys on. You guys can be making all your money all you want. We're paying our hard earned Sorry, I'm getting very upset here. We we get we pay our hard-earned money to come watch these guys play week in and week out. The least they can do is come over. It's not asking for much. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot lot to think about when you look at a stadium like BMO, you look at you know Rogers Center, you look at the Scotiabank place or Scotiabank Center. Toronto's a very fair weather city. When the team is winning, they have so many fans it's sellout hottest ticket in town and it'll cost you but when there are lulls there are lows there are still that loyal fan base that come out and watch and tfc have had some very very loyal supporters for very long making it one of the the most exciting you know places to go and watch sports anytime i've ever brought anyone into the stadium they've loved the experience the big part of that is the south end and the supporters section you see that on a way day that's a concentration of all the supporters groups all of those individuals who are spread out across their sections come together into one area and away day. And we all work really well together. If you've not been there again, I highly suggest seeing it. And it is a bigger thing than us. It's TFC. 
So not having the respect to come over and say, yeah, that wasn't a great performance, tough loss. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. It's frustrating. So I think the boys heard that. Um, I know we were talking before we started recording. It sounds like, was it John Molinaro had a, a conversation with, with, with um, Michael Bradley and perhaps there was a voice note that I sent out about apologizing. So it, it sounds like there is leadership still in this team that acknowledge that. I think it's about instilling that in this young team that are, are, are frustrated. They're really frustrated. And it, it could be the fact that they're having these big money guys come in who will make more money this year than they'll probably make in their entire careers, but they've earned that money. And I think we always have to remember that. So it's going to be a really interesting changing of the guard as we see these new players start in the 11. You're not wrong there, Cam, but I mean, these younger kids, it, it, what, just because they go train at Liverpool for a week and get to tie uh, uh, their boots in one of the their dressing rooms, they think they're, they're bigger than this team. I'm sorry, but uh, first come the fans. Don't forget where you came from. And without us, they're nothing. I feel personally attacked dragging Liverpool into this. We didn't do anything wrong. Jeez. Well, it wasn't uh, it was a Jaquil there? <laughs> was, that, was that who he was training? I don't know. Yep, yeah. you know there. Yep. Hey, man, he just wanted to touch the Anfield sign. I respect that. <laughs> um, I would too. Okay, don't so get me wrong. <laughs> enough bitching and moaning. We yes. get it. We lost. We lost to the goddamn impact. Uh, so that's frustrating. But September 4th. we live, we go on. Um, as a RPD podcast tradition, we will do a yes, no, and maybe. I'll start us off. My easy yes is Alex Bones Bono. Uh, not only a great individual, chat you, good Toronto lad, having lived here for so long. He stood in his head. He made immense number of saves. Let's look at his body of work as well this season. He has made some unbelievable saves where it could have been blowouts, where our back line and really I think our midfield defensively gets exposed. He's kept us from being the laughing stock of this league, which we're very much on the cusp of, unfortunately. And another great performance from him. Was he at fault for the goal? Maybe, but he can only do so much. You know, those high balls are always a bit of a difficult thing for him. But I, I may say, you know, O'Neill maybe plays um, the Montreal striker on side. So it, it's a comedy of errors sometimes. And I think Bonner did everything he could in his power to give us a shot. And the fact that we left Saputo only one nil down, I think that's kudos to him. Um, I went for no is uh, Jimenez, and that could have been any of our strikers. It, where are you guys? You need to score goals. We need we need to win. And in a game like this, where you're getting very little space and little time to do anything, you need to take your chances. And that's typically been Jimenez. He's been you know one little crack of goal and he puts it in. Uh, and it wasn't there this time. Uh, so it, it's really tough not scoring when you, you spend all game defending. So I, I really think we need to generate more offense. Uh, but today, unfortunately, I, I pinned the dunce hat on, on Jimenez. So sorry, buddy. I'm sure you'll bounce back. Finally, my maybe, uh, and if you look at the highlights, it could be because they never really attacked down his side of the pitch, uh, is uh, Cursito. He, he was, and I think, really calm, very controlled. He really prevented a lot of development down the wing. Um, everything kind of came down the right side and that was probably Montreal's plan. But if, if he's any indication of the quality we're getting from these next few signings, we should start to see a lot more stability in this team right now. There are holes that are being viciously exposed, but at least one side of the pitch, they weren't really getting much penetration. So, uh, kudos to him. And, and I think we, uh, we need to continue to see a lot more strength in the back line. 
Um, David, what about your yes, no, maybe? So yes was uh, I'm, I'm going to go uh, a little different than you. I agree with all your answers. Thank you. Um, uh, but uh, my yes was uh, Mark Anthony K. Um, Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac, indeed. And uh, he was one of the few bright spots uh, besides Bono. Um, I thought he he had an amazing game beside Bradley. Uh, my no, uh, much like you with Jesus, I've gone the other uh, striker with Io. He uh, in thirteen MLS games, he has one goal. Three, if you include uh, the Voyager's Cup, um, he's been invisible all season. Um, and my maybe is O'Neill, who might be a decent solution at right back if uh, if somebody that wasn't training with uh, TFC doesn't get signed. You want to talk about that? You want to bring him up? Yeah, it was just a little bit of foreshadowing. Like we can we could talk about it a bit later. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll leave it there. We won't, we won't drag it off topic yet. Um, yeah, I, I think that's great. You know, I've always said I like O'Neill as a MLS quality player for the price, what you're getting and all that. He, he's had moments this season when I've been frustrated with him, but I think there's only so much you can expect from that player, but it's not really an individual issue. I think the unit lacks that continuity and that connection that those you know green lines from uh, FIFA <laughs> ultimate team. Uh, it's going to take time. I think he needs to learn Italian. That'll probably help, but uh, we'll we'll see how this team continues to evolve, but um, all around tough, tough day for, for the back line, especially on the right side, poor, poor Lucas getting that goal pinned in off him. So tough one, but uh, Peter, your yes, no, maybe. You might be on mute Peter as well. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yes, for sure. Being a keeper myself, I would say Bono. He stood on his head as he has done this whole season, like we've said a bunch of times. Um, he's earning his spot for sure. He's might be earning his spot for other teams to look at if he doesn't want to resign, which is another topic later on. And uh, yeah, I think the defenders kept them out dry with a few of those shots that just kept coming and coming and coming. And he kept saving and saving and saving that one that was on, uh, I think save of the week for MLS because he showed up on the bench for the MLS uh, team of the week was that stunning save off the line. The guy was drier than the Sahara. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying the guy was left uh, drier than the Sahara. He had no one helping him. It was just wave after wave. Poor guy couldn't even go wipe his gloves at one point. There was so much, uh, there were so many different waves of attacks from Montreal. Jeez, oh, yeah, I was gonna say it's pretty impressive to make the team of the week when you when you lose one nothing. But uh, yeah, kudos to Tabano on that one. Um, Peter, who's your no? My no, you guys took them both. I'm just gonna do it in general. The strikers, I would say strikers and wingers because we're playing a three up, three high. There's no one there for scoring. Our final third is just brutal this whole season. And it just shows in this game that we had no final three. As much as defense was getting pummeled by all the attack, midfields were trying to get it out, but there was no one up up there to collect or even to finish. Or if we did finish, it was offside. So that means you're not doing your right job of keeping your line. So I Do would you think say- that changes with Oso coming back? When he does come back? I mean, he... He's been hurt for most for most of the season here. I, I like that you, 
he'll solidify the midfield with yeah, I, A-N. I think we've spoken about it a few times on the pod this 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 season. I, I think Jonathan Osario right now really is the heartbeat of this team. He adds that grit. He has that ability to, to, to make the most of these little half chances, similar to how, you know, Jimenez was getting these goals at the beginning of the season. You know, you've got to get the ball in the box. You got to get a ball in a goal scoring position. Bradley made some pretty good passes that unfortunately Akinola were offside on. Uh, but I agree. I think Jonathan really is what makes TFC tick right now. And without him there, this team is really struggling. I think that's the brass tax of it all. And your uh, your maybe, Peter. Who's who's your redeeming? My maybe is yeah, I'm I'm weaving. He was almost a no for me. Is Bob Bradley the coach? Um, watching the game. How do we not do any subs till the 88th or 89th? Who are you gonna minute? put on? I mean, hey. you look at your bench and who are you gonna put on? Where's Patrick Gordon? Mullins when you need him? Team is looking. The team is not looking great, anyways. Just put on some youth. Get some minutes against the Montreal team. We've already lost. We're not winning. There is no way we're gonna win that game. So I, I don't know. I just don't stuff. see who you put on. Who who do you take off and put on that's gonna make a difference? Isn't that the point of a substitution? If 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 you're not gonna do that with a sub, then what's the point of making that sub? Might as well let the team that's out there gel together. Don't don't we have like three goalies that are on the subline usually on the bench? They can play a player. I'm guessing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, Westbrook's distribution is pretty good. Maybe maybe we need to put him on uh, on a position to play a ball. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh man, Schaffelberg, didn't Schaffelberg come back? He came back from PFC two and came back and played for us. He's been back and forth, so he's been getting enough minutes. I would want him to play. The I devil think you know was one of the sub. It's the devil you know, the devil you don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Schaffelberg went on. Who 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 made the substitutions there? Um, yeah, so ooh. yeah, we had uh, Achara go on, and we had Schaffelberg come on for Luca Petrasso. So he did make he did make the 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 pitch, but hey, we had we had Peruzzo, Marshall Ruddy, our so called European player, Achara, and Schaffelberg on the bench. That's four subs. We can do an earlier sub. And, but who are you going to take off? And, to... and uh, Chung. Chung's been a – I know it's hard, but, like, he could have given the defense a little bit of help, maybe put five back there to ease you up. No, not when you're not in a derby match and you're losing one nothing. You're trying to make an offensive sub, but who are you going to put minute, on? 90th minute subs are not really – I don't I wasn't, know. I wasn't happy with that. Or in other cases um, – why is Bob Bradley stuck on this formation when we don't even have our member our players for that formation yet? So what I'm thinking is you used maybe when you really meant also no. no. <laughs> also no to Bob Bradley and his decision making. And he I think he has come under fire more and more. Uh, we saw this with you know Armis. You want to defend him and say, hey, give him the season, give him the season. When do we pull the plug? You know, we've done this dance at TFC too often with, hey, it's not working, new coach. Hey, let him rebuild. Okay, it's not working, tear it down. So, you know, let the signings come into play. If we are finishing off the season playing well, I'll take that as a win at this point. But if we're going to end the season, Insigne, Bernadeschi look disinterested and frustrated, right? People have been not enjoying 
I think the culture recently, as much as we've enjoyed hearing from the likes of, of Kosey Thompson and, and um, Lucas McNaughton talking about the positivity of the team, it's great, but you still need to believe in the dream. You still need to believe in what's being, being told from, from Bob. So I'm not going to say Bob needs to figure it out overnight. He, he, it seems like things are constantly moving in front of him. Like, have we had the same 11 start three consecutive games? <laughs> like close to? Probably not. I wouldn't know what to do. And you know, I'm not a professional coach, but I, I think there's criticism being, you know, cast on Bradley when he, you were looking at a, a very fluid team full of young players, players who are dealing with injuries, Mavinga, Osorio, um, and, and, and a team that doesn't really have an identity yet. So I'll give, I'll shield Bradley from, 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 from you there, Peter, just gently enough. We'll, we'll leave the, uh, the old bald man alone for a moment. So that's where we're at a baby, uh, which leads us to hopefully some positive spin. And that is the new signings, the excitement, the energy we've talked about Insigne since day one, right? We've known about the signing for a long time. The rumors of Crescito, he finally arrives. He's now in the team. You know, it'll take time for him to adjust and really get into it, but he's a captain. He's a leader. I, I really think there's no question. He won't be a success here. Provided he stays healthy, fingers crossed. Um, but now it's Bernadeschi. Peter, you're a Juventus fan. You were at the unveiling. I think I can hear you get very excited over the microphone just hearing you breathe heavier there, as I mentioned the name. Uh, what was the unveiling like? What's your excitement around this player? For those of us who don't watch Juventus, what can we expect from this individual? He's a fireball. He's actually a very talented player. He uh, had a... Wait, wait. Are you saying we should sing Fireball by Pitbull every time he has the ball now? That's, that's <laughs> what I'm hearing. No, no. Um, <laughs> he's a very talented player. Um, he's, he did well with the managers prior to Allegri. Um, he has the potential. He had a lot of potential in Fiorentina when he played over there as well. Uh, when he came to Juventus, great player, just unfortunate with the manager changes, some of the players coming in, coming out. He started riding the bench a lot. His story is very, very similar to Javinko's story in Juve. Very young player, talented, gets signed by Juve. Yeah, he's 28, by the way. Anyone listening, 28, 28 years old. Playing, that's, that's peak. Like, playing a, Sorio's older. <laughs> you good games. And then being put on the bench a lot, then even getting called up to the Italian team and one big goal in the Euros, which was between Bernadeschi and Insigne, a beautiful goal. He's a great distributor, especially on that right side. And he can also play as a cam, like distribute the ball. Yeah, he's he's a, a good young player, six foot one, uh, you know, the, the tallest number 10 we've ever had maybe um so an exciting change to, to this we signed an italian who is you know tall enough to ride the rides at canada's wonderland which is great and the um, cne and the cne exactly well i wouldn't ride the cne for fear of losing a limb but um it, it's it, this is a huge thing i don't think it was as big for some people with insigne really kind of taking that big hurrah kind of, you know, we, we didn't have anything left in the tank to get us excited, but those who knew, I think really got excited. And, and the, 
Um, the unveiling at was it Real Sports? Real Sports. It, it it he looked like he was really jazzed. He looked oh, like he was excited. He for was it. having fun. He is for sure the supporter's favorite right now. He was already jumping, cheering. David, you're blocked. I can't hear you, David. Yeah, we think we've lost David's audio there, but it's it, it it's it's an exciting time for me to see someone come in with the energy and excitement that resonates with the supporters. Someone that's hopefully going to walk over to us. You know, we've been complaining about that this episode. Who will hopefully bring the players with him? You know, come bring this 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 connectivity back to us. So when it is coming to a tight game and we get the South End bouncing maybe we push them over the edge. Maybe we bring that little bit of sparkle excitement into the stadium. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed that we haven't been playing South in the second half often this season. Uh, and that could be, you know, part of it. Am I back here guys? You're back. Yeah, we got You're you. Good. Beauty. Right. Also, um, I just want to add based off of that, uh, that uh, press conference, our team drip level just went up about 42%. What oh. what's he wearing? It looks like he was a white like, suit. Like it was a white suit. Adult PJs. Like I am pretty relaxing. sure. I'm I'm pretty sure at one point I saw a full helmet. <laughs> you you think there was a slight slip, or was this is just very form fitting? Like you, it's very no, I'm I'm pretty sure that white was very see through. Oh, and I, okay. there was full helmet at one point. I didn't yeah, want to rewind or anything, John but John Ham effect. Yeah, was, pretty much. It was the drumming. It was yeah. the if you don't know what that it. means, feel free to Google what the John Hamm effect is, or just Google John Hamm sweatpants. But yeah, do not do not Google full helmet. <laughs> don't Google full helmet. This is why we need Ben. Ben keeps us on track. This would never happen with Ben. All right, back to being focused. Maybe that's why David was muted. It knew the system knew we shouldn't have <laughs> comment. One one thing I wanted to say is. Bernadeski is coming with the same chip that you uh, Geo did was to come and show off what he has on a team that needs a bit of help. Yeah, chip on your shoulder. Chip on a shoulder. And he said it in his press conference and he spoke it in English. He's like, when I came here a few months back, the first minute I loved Toronto and I, in the few minutes I spoke with Bob Bradley, I loved the project. And we've always heard about it from Manning and Bradley is there's a project. So it must be a bigger picture, and he's got a big, big chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove himself. At a young age like that, you can see him getting an MVP in the, in the near future, for sure. I'm literally picturing him, like, sitting down with, with Manning and Bradley, and someone just spreads play, and it's like, Mambo Italiano, hey, Mambo, Mambo Italiano. <laughs> and he's just nodding along, being like, I get it. I get the vision. I see this. So... Exciting times for TFC, but get ready for our new home jersey next season. It'll probably be blue or white oh. or that burnt red they had that one year. It's just going to be an Italian jersey. Let's be well, it's going to be a red jersey. We know that. So our home jersey is changing. That's for sure. But is it going to be red? I mean, they they really oh. like this white and light onyx. I don't know why we call ourselves hey. the Reds anymore. No, hey. the community you know what? Jersey, the community jersey is community white jersey. and concrete gray. Right. Concrete gray of Toronto's and it, construction, and it used to be the old Juve jersey, so it makes sense. And it ties in. Uh, actually, I'm not going to say that's kind of offside. <laughs> we'll stop you there. Dan. I was going to say it ties in the concrete and a lot of concrete workers and whatnot. But okay, All I right. think you're going with that one. We'll leave it there. 
Um, I'm Portuguese. I have a concrete worker too. <laughs> you're, you, you're allowed. So we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of new Italian talent be signed, big money spending, MLSES being a money sign, splashing the cash. But I don't want us to stray too far from our yard and look at TFC2. We've never really looked at this team very much because they don't do a lot in terms of winning or, or, or really looking like they dominate the development leagues. But we have seen some good players come out of it and do well for us. And, and there is potential to come out of that, that club. But recently they've gone six games unbeaten, which is four wins and two draws. That is their franchise record. So perhaps we're seeing a bit more cohesion and development within that, that team and any good squad has the ability to take from their youth and develop them into their starting 11 playing a similar system. So I assume that they're, they're teaching Italian now in the Academy. So that would make sense. Um, but is there potential for future development? Do we see TFC two and TFC Academy as being a resource for our club? I'd love to hear both your opinions. So don't forget that ties and uh, MLS next are decided uh, by penalty shootout and we've won both times that we've gone into the to the PK so yeah we do have six victories two of those uh, were uh, actually sorry three of those uh, ended in a tie after 90 and we ended up winning on PKs um, better record than what we've had for PKs oh heck yeah I signed them up for the for the Canada Cup and trot them all out for for PKs so yeah, for the for the next time we make the Champions League final, we'll keep them all on the bench. And then right near the end, we'll substitute all the TFC two players on to take the PKs. It's it's a genius yeah. plan. Wednesday, the Wednesday so, turf. Back the back to your one. question there, Cam. Um, I think the the biggest issue with uh, our uh, our second our twos or tunies, as some people like to call them. Wait, wait um, we call TFC two players the tunies. Yeah, I've heard it before. And if not, it sounds fantastic. That's amazing. Never heard that before. That's so cool. Okay, everyone, you heard it here first. I'm the one who started this. (laughs) Anyways. Fresh off the presses, David Oliveira, breaking the news. The Toonies. The Toonies. Um, So, yeah, the biggest problem with the Toonies in previous years is that they're playing uh, playing against guys that are 40 years old. Some of these guys aren't even 17 yet. So there's a big difference in age playing in uh, MLS next pro they're playing closer to their age. So, you know, they're, it's closer to their skill level. Um, No one's ever doubted the skill level of these, uh, of our past tunies. Um, The current crop that's even on the, on the main team right now on the first team, no one's ever doubted their skill. Um, The transition, I I think a, a bit is lost there. Um, I think we should be doing more with the CPL, loaning out some of these players, getting getting them some uh, first team minutes. Because what good is it to have a, um, a a young kid on the bench without getting any minutes? And when he does come on, it's he's playing way above his his level. I'm always a big believer in playing into confidence, right? Keep them in a place that's going to challenge them, but allow them to take, you know, those extra steps to hit a shot with confidence, to beat a player, make the right pass. If you're playing guys who are just going to clatter you every time, maybe the development isn't there, but at some level, at some point, you're going to have to go up against someone who will know how 
to prevent you from doing that and it's overcoming that barrier. So it's, it's really striking a balance between excelling against people of your age and your talent and going beyond and then continuing to be challenged. You know, Lucas McNaughton said the exact same thing is, you know, you get to a level where you're not playing anyone better than you. You're just playing someone bigger or stronger. And how do you continue your technical development? So that's a, it's a great point, David. P- Peter, what, what's your thoughts on our, our toonies? Is, is there a potential there for us? I think so, yes. And especially like what uh, David said is they're playing against other academy team players that are from the MLS as well. So this MLS Next Pro, it's a lot of players that are going to be moving on to MLS or to Europe if they're that much potential. So it's a good thing because if these players are getting to know everyone from other teams, we're beating them, we're doing well against them. When they get moved up to TFC 1, in MLS, they'll be ready to play. They're not just playing some retirees or they're all playing against players that are actually trying to make a name for themselves as well. So they're getting that that experience that they need. And I think the last two years, three years, with COVID, with because I think USL, there was games going on, but it wasn't as competitive there's like competitions in Arizona mm-hmm. or something along that line so I can see a lot of our youth right now that are playing from TFC2 or they're being brought up from TFC2 at the beginning of the season they didn't even play any games at TFC2 either they were being signed from TFC3 to TFC2 within a day and then the day after they were signed to TFC2 once so mm-hmm. that transition for them it has been hard and for sure when you lose a couple of games it gets to you when you're a young kid it's happened to me when I was fighting karate or even playing soccer. A couple of games you lose, you just feel down. So I'm sure these kids, they haven't had that, have that feeling going well. Like it's not going well for them. They're like, oh, it's it's my fault, blah, blah, blah. They probably look at social media. They hear all the noise from people saying, oh, they shouldn't be playing or all that. So hopefully they can black that out. Hopefully they're the veterans that we have on the team that can help them out as well. And this season should help them get that experience that they need. And hopefully for next year, the team would be ready to just explode onto the, onto the stage. So then let me ask this, and, and, and I, I want to progress this here. So don't, don't take a long one to answer here, gents. I just want something quick and, and opinionated here. Is our academy good? The likes of Jaden Nelson, Jaquiel Marshall Reddy, highly touted. We're seeing them appear in the eleven. And there is a perhaps a, a, a development area, as you mentioned before, once you get into that first team. But can we say, is the academy good? Would you say yes or no? Uh, Peter, start us off. Got potential, but I would say no. What would, what would it take for you to say yes? Is it, is it consistency? I is it having cons- that one player out of 100 become a starting player like Osorio? Because we haven't seen the likes of an Osorio come out in a long time. It's a consistency. And I know the project Armis was to build out the academy, what he did in New York Red Bulls. So mm-hmm. I'm sure in the future it's going to come out, but there's a ways, ways to go. David, what's your opinion? We consistently compete uh, in Dallas at the that tournament that they have every single year. Dallas Cup. Yep, Dallas the Cup. Dallas Cup. And we perform really well there. As an academy, we're doing a good job. It's the transition from academy to main team where I think the disconnect is. And somehow we've got to fix it. So 
my opinion, and I'll throw my two cents in here, is I think we have a good academy. It takes a long time to get there. You know, you need you need a crop of 10, you know, Jaquiel Marshall readies. You know, then the one of the 10 that is that that perfect player comes out. You know, one out of the, the three years that of that that section is is you know great, but we just need to continue to improve. And we've got an amazing stock of young, talented Canadian players. Where our national team is the best it's ever been. And I think this is a sign of things to come. And I want to see it to continue to build up. So this is my call to everyone listening. Support local. I live in Hamilton. I'm going to go watch and support the Forge. I love TFC. I'll continue to go and support our highest level of, of football or soccer in the country. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't go support locally. Um, if you don't volunteer in your local club, maybe you should. They need help. These kids need support and guidance. So if you're willing to throw a stick or a rock at a player at 18 and 19 on a pitch saying, you know, do better, get out there and help them. That's my opinion. Peter, I got a question for you quickly. Uh, you talked about uh, TFC, uh, TFC three there. Um, during this Italian invasion, would you uh, nickname today FC? Hmm. Uh, you got it right. <laughs> you got it right there. It's espresso FC. Um, okay. So we, um, we, we've polled the audience a little bit here. So we have a few questions. I'll bring um, them up. And the first one begins with uh, most of ours first star and uh, for a save of the year contender possibly here, um, Alex Bones Bono. The question is, do they re-sign Bono or look elsewhere? Um, P- Peter, do you want to take this one? Sure. Um, it all depends on the vision of the coach Bono's a great keeper he's amazing he's shown himself to be a great keeper in MLS as well but it all depends on the vision of the coach if the coach wants a person that is good at distributing the ball with his feet then I would say we need to step away from Bono and let him go and sign with someone else and I'm sure there's a lot of players a lot of teams that are going to look for a goalie like Bono if we're looking for just a straight old school keeper that can save us games and take us to finals and win us finals, which he's done. He's done both. Um, We would keep Bono. We sign him. We sign him as soon as possible. Give him some hope that he's going to be with us next year. Don't keep it till end of the season. Cause that goes to someone's head as well. I would say sign him. Uh, you know, looking at stats and, and David, I'll get your opinion on this as well, but quick stats, you know, Bono has started 15 games, Westberg six um, goals against is, is kind of nominal based on those starts, but we'll, we'll go into save as uh, our goals against average. Bono's got a 1.87 Westberg's got a 1.83 save percentage Bono 68.9. So rounded up to 69%. Nice. Uh, and Westberg, uh, 62.1%. So all in all shot stopping there. I, I think Bono has been a better shot stopper and he's played more games, uh, read into that how you will. This, the, the telling stat here is passing percentage and long ball percentage. This is where Bono has his deficiencies. Bono's at a 57 pass percentage and a 25% long ball deficiency. That's not good enough at MLS, giving the ball away. And for example, Westberg is at a 65% passing percentage 
and a 35.1% long ball efficacy. So that's our biggest crux right now is we can't get the ball into the foot of our strikers and our goalie can't, you know, pick out our wingers or strikers with a long ball. So that's our big problem. So whether we sign them or don't sign them, I just think those stats are quite telling. So, so David, I'd love to hear your take on this. He is our number one trade bait right now. He's American. He's a decent shot stopper. And um, the only downfall is he does have a bit of an expensive contract. Um, I really, really hope that we can, we can work out a trade with somebody uh, and uh, send him off to America because honestly, I, I think he's done everything he can at Toronto. Um, and at this point it is holding him back. I, I honestly believe he's, he's in the top, at least, at least top 10 uh, of American keepers. I know Ben's really good at this. So again, lacking Ben on this one is, is the generation Adidas clause. You look at the, the, the club roster, Bono is listed as a generation Adidas player. So I'm not sure if that is a benefit for your roster, but you're right. This is a, is a great trade bait. Do I want to see Bono in another Jersey? No, we already have him with Stefan Fry. I watch him go on to become one of the greatest goalies in, in MLS history, but um, yeah, I think you're right. There is an opportunity to do that, but it, it, has MLS really ever seen good trades I don't know. I, I, I have no memory of a good trade in, in the MLS. It's not like Why not be the first. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, this could be the first time someone makes a decent trade in, in, in the world of, of, of football slash soccer. So, hey, Vancouver um, got a good trade with Gressel. We'll break that down. What would they get for that? Like they got Gressel. They got Gressel for whatever they gave away. Vanco- they got Gressel. Vancouver yeah. got Gressel. We didn't even know B- uh, DC was giving him out. Yeah. Like, Again, Billy Gressel's been amazing. I think from his Atlanta days. And, and we're missing wing backs, so Fair that would have been a good. Um. So, good question. I, I think we we can move on from there. Um. Good question for our supporters in there who are always trying to learn new songs. Um. Any new chants you are working on? Me, personally, no. I am not the musical type. I can talk to my boy uh, David over there. But, um, of course, I, I think the club's always, and the group is always working on new songs. We've got new DPs, new stars. I, I think there's always something going. Um, is there anything in the works right now for Bernadeschi that I can think of? I haven't heard anything. But that's why you've got to come to the game on Saturday and listen, there might be a great song thrown out by someone in the South End that picks up pace and becomes sort of the song for that player. I can tell you, though, I've tried to get a few songs going. Mr. Roboto, Alejandro, um, uh, Jesus is on fire. Nothing's really taken off yet. So, you know, it, it's all about the, the greater good. Uh, but I, I know there are chants kind of being played around with. But uh, have you gentlemen heard anything uh, in the RPB forums about new songs? Honestly, not not recently. Um, this is more, I think, uh, a good opportunity. If if you are nervous uh, about bringing something up, don't be. Get on the message boards. Get on the Facebook groups. Um, you can find uh, myself, Pete, Cam at most of the games. Ben, get on uh, or get get down and talk to us and and tell us your idea. Well, everyone's always free to listen. I think one of the biggest misconceptions with the red patch boys is that 
it's turning almost into a bit of a social club. But it, it's not that we're a family. We're here for each other. We we want to listen to everybody's ideas. And um, I mean, we can. That's what the 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 beauty of this group is. We we work on things together. So don't be afraid. Um, if you have an idea, come talk to somebody. Totally. I've just now gotten into, into super nostalgia mode, thinking of my song "Domo Arigato Subasa Endo," and you know, <laughs> that was a great song. It never took off. It was a great song. He liked it. I like the thing. Um, so new songs, hopefully, on the way. Um, this is a really fun question. Um, who is your dream interview for the podcast? Damn, this is for you. Ah, uh, well. I don't know. Like I possibly Josie Altador just to find out the drama, the, the grit, like what happened? What was these conversations like? And what was his sobriety level during the parade <laughs> on which he was on a wave? Cause he looked like he was having a great time. Um, I'm a longtime fan of Josie Altador seeing him play, just being a big fan of, of what he and, and, and Gio did. He would be a, a really dream interview because I think he's a really strongly outspoken person who, who helped make this club, you know, something of a, a juggernaut in MLS. So Josie Altador for sure would be probably a dream interview for me. So Josie, if you're listening, I know you're listening. Um, come on, come on the podcast. Come on back. We'd love to have you. Baby, come back. Baby, come back. Uh, would, you, would you two, what, what, who would you want us to interview? David, who would you want me to interview? Either Jimmy Brennan or Danny Dicchio, just to hear the stories. The, Honestly, from, probably from the beginning of the year. I'll send a note to both of them and see what I can get. Jim Brennan or, or yeah. Danny Dicchio. I think they'll come on. I would say I've, got, I've got clout, I think. Of course um, you do. Danny's Peter. down in Syracuse now, right? He's coaching in Syracuse or somewhere down there. Oh, I'm sure we can get a hold of his email. Yeah. I'm send him a note. Um, but I want to hear his story about him being on the train in Montreal when a Montreal fan was singing and he was hitting the Montreal face in the fan with his scarf and everyone looked to see who was doing it. And it was Danny Dicchio. So everyone sort of <laughs> Danny Dicchio at him and he got up and was jumping with everyone. So he, he's a legend of this club. Um, so I would love to interview um, Danny um peter who, who would you be your dream interview on this podcast who should we who should we try and get on here for you and i hmm. i i, I want to guess it's steven beta but it may not be <laughs> i was say steven beta for sure and uh geo come so, on well, why why Bend it like geo Bend it like geo come on <laughs> for those listening why is steven beta your number one uh well my fellow uh persian assyrian uh, brother, pretty much the say, or cousin, yeah. the whole South thing. Uh, do cousin. look similar. You do have very stunning features <laughs> of, of one another. And that, I don't want to clump you in together, but I think you guys could be related. You could be related. I think Peter Probably. has bigger guns. Peter does have much bigger guns. If you, if you, but that's why he would be in net, right? Pumping out yeah. the, uh, the F, 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 what, what's that? F45. F45. He's the first person in Canada. Peter's the first person in Canada to have a an open carry license for his guns. For his guns. <laughs> so everyone knows we're talking about his amazing arms. This is, this is yeah, he has a fantastic arms, everyone. Why do you, you think he drums? That's why he's the drummer. That's why he does F45, just so he can keep up with the drums. 
um, in the South End. So, do you notice um, he rolls up his sleeves now when he's drumming just to show him off a bit? They no, get no, no, no. I'm trying to get the tan. I'm trying to get that tan, <laughs> the farmer's tan. I actually assumed it was just a shirt losing the battle. The shirt was just giving up, and the arms were taking over. Um, there's not much the Adidas designers can do for those pipes. No, um, he's not even wearing a shirt right now or in front of us, guys. <laughs> For those watching at home, he you're listening at home, he is wearing a shirt. I will say yeah, that. I'm kidding. He we is. are very much a organized group. So um where are you, Ben? Ben, we've lost control of the <laughs> I would say Stephen Beecher, and I can probably reach out to him and get him on if you guys would. Yeah, get bring him out. I think he's a you know MLS Cup winner, legend of the club. Um I we'd love to have Steven. So if you can get Steven Beecher to come on, we'll talk to him. Um I'd I'd love to have Gio on as well for, for your other point. Uh, I don't know how good Geo's English is, though. That would be the only, I think, barrier. Um, but, you know, we could just gesture towards one another for a while and just see what we get. Um, we'll bring yeah. a translator. Bring a translator. Um, okay, so m- moving on from there, uh, big game coming up next Wednesday, uh, I believe it is. Someone can correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Uh, the Canadian Championship Final in BC in Vancouver with the Vancouver Whitecaps playing our beloved Toronto FC. Um, the question is, who do you think will win the MVP of the Canadian Championship? So who across the body of work in this, this tournament is, is going to win? It's like anything. The final is going to dictate a lot of that. Um, who, who's played the best? I, I think David even pointed out, you know, has not done a lot for this club, but, you know, he's got a couple goals in, in the um, – the game so far, who would it be for me? I don't know. It, it really, I think, depends on who shows up come Wednesday night. I, I think if if Bono stands on his head or Westbrook stands on their head and, and, and gets a clean sheet, it could be them. But when's the last time a goalie won an MVP? Very, very rare. Uh, so I, I'm hoping for the likes of a, a Jesus Jimenez. Or if they're allowed, I don't know what the registration rules are, but if we have an Insigne in there, we could see a bit of an Italian, Italian um, invasion. What do you boys yeah. think? Just looking at the goals, uh, the goals uh, stats, Akinola's with two goals and Brian White for Vancouver's two goals as well. So if they both come out and score a couple of goals, they'll be in the lead for goals. Yeah, that would be so golden boot, but, you know, are they going to win MVP? Um, David, what do you think? Um, first, going back to your point with uh... – with the Italians coming uh, in for that game, I don't know if we're going to see them for a full 90 there. Uh, we play Charlotte Saturday, Vancouver on Tuesday night. and oh, then we're Tuesday. Apologies, not yes. Wednesday. Tuesday night. Tuesday. And then uh, we uh, play away in New England. So, I mean, we're crossing the con- or the continent there twice. I don't know what their minutes are going to be like. Especially I want to highlight that. That's a really good point, David. So for those of you listening, thinking, oh, you know, Toronto going to play Vancouver, you know, why wouldn't you put your best team out for the final? Great point. But you got to remember the distance between Vancouver and Toronto is vast. Think of how small Italy is. That's the majority of the travel these players have. For Champions League games, they'll travel maybe a bit further. But this is almost, you know, it is cross, you know, continent. This is a huge amount of travel that will be draining. It'll be hard on the body. And having just played a game, you know, as a first kind of game coming in off their off season to then throw them back onto another game, which will be on turf is, yeah. is going to be difficult. So 
agree. You probably won't see a lot of Bernadeschi or Insigne in that game, perhaps a small cameo, if at all. But I, I think Bob may lean on the younger players. But without a Champions League spot this year, this season is a complete waste. So there is a 100%. lot riding on this game. Um, yeah, so uh, interesting game to come there. Um, is anyone making it out to Vancouver? No, I'm not. Unfortunately, I will be in Ottawa for work, so I won't be able to be there. Although I am sending my um, less handsome, less talented, and almost as as uh, hilarious brother um, who lives out there. Hopefully, he can he can go. He's a he's a firefighter out there. Still a Toronto FC fan, so good for him for not going to the dark side. So he might attend. Gentlemen, are either of you going? Peter, oh, you can go first there. Uh, I am not. However, there is about, I think, from what we've heard, about 20 people from all of Toronto going over. But if there's more people, there's a link. Let us know if you want the link to the supporter section. We've got it. We'll put it up on uh, our RPB uh, Facebook group and the forum as well. And, and no different than my brother out there. If you have family from Toronto who are out there, colleagues, friends from school, who, who are Toronto fans and they want to go to the game, reach out, reach out to us on, on Instagram, reach out to us on the forums. You know, there's a way of us getting more Toronto supporters in that section, even if they're not a registered supporter, doesn't matter. We just want to get as much noise and as much support for that team as we can. So please, if you're there uh, or you have friends who are there, let us know. Um, Finally, last question is, what do you think of MLS teams playing mid-season friendlies against European teams? I, I think I remember this happening a couple of years ago when TFC did it against, was it AC Milan or someone in, maybe it was Ajax and AC Milan that played here at BMO, but I remember it happening and being like, I'm nervous someone's going to get hurt. I don't want this random, completely inconsequential game right in the middle of our season to then have someone pull up with a hamstring to, to, to do something stupid. I don't like it from a competitive standpoint. If my team was first in the league and you had me playing a premier league team, I would say, skip it. But you know, if, if you brought in Liverpool to play TFC, I'd be like, yeah, I get to see Liverpool play. I, I wouldn't mind because this season is you know kind of a wash for us. But what I love about it is there's been some interesting results between Charlotte <laughs> and Chelsea and then Everton and Minnesota, which, which was the big one. I won't, I won't tell about the scores yet. I want you boys to, 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 to give your piece. So, Peter, what, what's your take on midseason MLS friendlies? I would say a no-go. I think the players are already being – they're already squeezing this season with two international breaks which has already made the season a bit shorter. The playoffs start in October or even earlier, if I'm not mistaken, because of the World Cup in November. So the season's been squeezed and there's two international breaks. We don't need more games mid-season, uh, mid, midway through your season, especially if you're running, like you said, running for playoffs. For us, I think this season, I wouldn't have mind. However, we've been having players injured throughout the season, so I would say it would look really bad if we did play a friendly because we would just get a thrashing on us. Um, I wouldn't mind hosting two teams. That'd be nice, having two two European teams come play at BMO Field. Our, our field is world-class field, and 
fans can come watch. That's that's okay, but not against our own team. No, I would not. Be I, I agree. I prefer that. Have come to have teams come and play in our home hometown. Love it. Yeah, uh, David. I think it's a necessary evil for so, some teams. I don't think it's a necessary evil for us. Um, having a Barcelona or Real Madrid like we've had in the past is um, is huge for a lot of the smaller markets. Um, I don't think we need to. I, I don't even like him, period. Um, it's an injury waiting to happen on uh, a team that seems to get a lot of injuries anyways. So why, <laughs> why can't just the schedule even more? It's funny. I'm surprised Barcelona isn't having a game every other day just trying to make some money, considering how broke they are. <laughs> they have investments now. Signing. Um, <laughs> they have some have secret investor. Yeah. Hmm. I got one point. If our... TFC two or TFC three team played against some under 19, under 20, like European teams. I wouldn't mind that showing some of our kids, some uh, show, show face of the European teams. Maybe one of them gets scattered over there. You never know. Right. So yeah. I wouldn't mind Take that. Kids, our, give us money. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. It's, it's a good point. I think that's a really interesting concept. Um, and one, hopefully MLS, E, if you're listening, that first idea is free from Peter Pacatchin. If you want any more big ideas, you can reach him at the gun show at redpatchboys.com. Um, he does take uh, e transfer. Um, well, geez, buddy, put those guns away. I'm going to sign he up for your own. Um, okay. So Peter also little- loves the tips, guys. Keep those tips coming. Um, looking ahead, uh, we have a home game. Coming this Saturday at 7.30 at BMO Field against Charlotte. I've never seen them play Charlotte, I don't believe. This is the first time I'm, I think I'm seeing them play each other. Um, who have just come up beating Chelsea, so that does not bode well for us. Um, it, it, we are going to see the Italian invasion, though. Are we going to see all three players start? I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. They're just brand new. They have been training with the squad I, I assume they'll probably make a, a feature off the bench if they make the bench. Um, it, we, we heard a couple of good positive um, reports on Twitter from, from legend Michael Singh um, talking about who, who might feature in this game. So I've got my fingers and toes crossed. It's Carabana day at the pitch. So hopefully we'll see a bit of Carabana flair. Um, I'm excited to be back in the stadium for the first time in a few weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Is this going to be a turning point? David, is this where we start seeing TFC play better? Sure, hope so. I mean, they can't play any worse than they're what they're playing right now. Um, don't forget that Charlotte is uh, eighth right now. Uh, eight wins, two ties, eleven losses. They're fighting record. for a spot. Five uh, wins, four ties, twelve losses. Um, you know, it's it's a very important game. We can't be. Uh, Missing out on points against uh, Eastern Conference uh, teams. So I really do hope they show up. Um, I really do hope that this is the turning point. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm not holding my breath. This this season, we've always said, is going to be a, uh, a rebuild year. Uh, so uh, onwards and upwards. Yeah, it's crazy and- that we beat Philadelphia. <laughs> we beat <laughs> Philadelphia at home. That's insane. Top of the league, 20 point gap between Philadelphia and Toronto right now. So insane right now. And don't forget, Peter sent us a photo of his, uh, of his garb for Saturday. So 
yes, I hope everyone does get in some sort of garb to celebrate Carabana Day. Um, Peter, what are your thoughts about this game? Are we going to have uh, we, we going to have a turning point, or do you think this is you know we're going to see a bit more of what we've seen before we see an improvement? Hmm. I would say we'll see a little bit more. I know from just being at that press conference, Bernadeski is ready to play. He wants to play. And from just talking to Bill Manning and because he came around with the supporters to come talk to us, um, he's been ready. He wanted to play in Montreal like a day after he came back from his uh, flew into Toronto. So he was ready to play. He's been on form from what he's been training back in Italy all this time. So he's been ready to play. Not sure how he would just sit right in right away with the team, but I'm sure he's doing well. Reports were he didn't practice with the team today, but he's been practicing with the team throughout the week. Insigne and Cristito have been practicing with the team today. And there's news tomorrow is going to be the announcement for who's playing. It's Bernadeschi, right? Yeah. Bernadeschi. Can't get that wrong. Um, Gotta learn that. So it, looking at this team, we've got Insigne and Bernadeschi as our DPs. With the exit of Salcedo, Salcedo or Salcedo? Both. Salcedo, Salcedo. It's all blending together now. Both left. Yeah. How badly do we need a third DP? Do we need one or do we not need one? Questions? Go. David. No. I think we wait until we get the right one. Um, right now, I don't think you're going to see any, uh, big player, uh, change teams right now, especially in a world cup year, uh, wait till the winter transfer window, see what's available mm-hmm. or Peter, what sign also sign also <laughs> to a DP contract. He more than deserves it. Well, for what he's done with this team, um, you see that there's two different TFCs. There's TFC with also and TFC without also. The, 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 the chips are definitely falling in his favor here with how this team performs. Um, his health has just been his one, one concern, but it could be benefit to him in terms of negotiations. But, um, I, you know, I, I think he, he probably would want to remain a high paid player and want to sign a bigger name to win. Cause I think he wants to win. Um, you know, you're, you hear about rare players like this where it's not really about, legacy money it's about legacy winning and building something special but i can't get inside his brain i'm not going to attempt to um but uh peter when do you think we'll get our next dp signing um i would say off off season in the winter and i feel like it's going to be a youth player i have a feeling it's going to be a youth dp and it's going to be coming from the world cup we're going to see someone that's going to shine in the world cup that's not on a big team and the big teams can't sign them during the off season yet because it's like mid season for them. It's off season for us. We might be able to steal one out for us. Yeah. It's always interesting reviewing world cup signings. I think there's some that have been great and some that have been an absolute dud. I think there's very different performances at world cups, but exciting something to consider there is signing a young player. Uh, no different than what I think Atlanta did really well. Um, uh, signing young um, South Americans and then sign them on for profit. So we will see what TFC does uh, coming out of the World Cup. But I think we're all agreed no DP probably coming in this season, remaining with the two. We're kind of used to it considering there was never three healthy DPs. So nothing new there, but we will see what comes of it. 
Um, and that leaves us with our final uh, discussion point of this probably long podcast for those just begging to get Ben's voice back. Um, predictions for Saturday's game against Charlotte. We'll start with um, the uh, adorned vice president, Peter Pekachin. What do you think happens on Saturday at BMO Field? We are going to get three points, which is going to be huge. Massive. And I'm going to go with a 3-2 win, only because we're going to score more than we get scored on. Barn burner. I love a good barn burner. <laughs> I, I Honestly, if every game could be barn burners, sign me up. I'm, I love I love that end-to-end football. I want to be on the edge of my stand all game. Hey, the signings we've got. <laughs> more Let's goals. See it. Let's see defense. it. Um, David... What do you think is going to happen here? Are you bringing the boys out for the game? First of all, most importantly, will I see my nephews? I am not sure if they're coming out. I think they might be. Uh, Leo, too, even too t- much sun? <laughs> no, no. Leo, it's sometimes it's a bit late. And then the next day, uh, anyone who has kids will tell you uh, if they don't get enough sleep, they're complete jerks. So yeah. um, I call it hangovers personally, but yeah. Pretty much, they the no. I'd rather have a hangover than than deal with cranky kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, going back to the game, I think it's going to be a two-one uh, victory. Uh, goals by Bernadeschi and uh, Jesus Jimenez, uh, and Signe with uh, two and a half assists. Two and a half assists. <laughs> I love it. He'll, he'll put the ball in every which way, and there won't be anyone there to score because um, yep. they're not used to how good he is. I love it. Gentlemen, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to mic drop this one and wrap this podcast up because I'm saying TFC comes out with a fire in their belly because they've heard this podcast. It'll be played before the game, and they'd be like, guys, we let down the Red Patch Boys podcast. We let down the South End. We need to make amends. We need to come out there with energy and excitement. And then it's going to be translated into Italian because that's all they'll speak now in the dressing room. Um, and I'm thinking a three nil victory. I want Bernadeschi with a brace. And I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're, we're going to whip in some balls from Insigne and someone gets their head on one, maybe a knotted goal in. I don't know who, it'll fall to someone, but I'm thinking that's the, uh, the play there. And we get a very coveted clean sheet that we no longer get in, in, in MLS anymore. So um, hope I'm right. And if I'm wrong, it's all right. Just listen to the next episode. Maybe I'll apologize. Um, but I think that brings this amazing episode to an end. Um, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, I'm going to have to kick you off and bring back Ben next time. So I apologize. Um, but Ben might kick me off next time and have you and not me just to really see who is the breadwinner in this family. Uh, ben, but- we missed you. <laughs> ben, we did miss you. So if you're listening to this, we miss you. We hope uh, work's going well because you to work tonight. Uh, but uh, w- any parting words, uh, any, any thoughts, any comments before we let you go? Peter, by virtue of being El Presidente uh, Vice, what is your, uh, what's your breaking comments for us? We're coming back. We're going to make the playoffs, even though it's 2%. Ooh, you did the math, 2%. Um, never tell me the odds. Never tell me the odds. Um, okay, I love that. Coming back. He, he's a believer. Hashtag I believe. Uh, David, any parting words? Yeah, I do. Um, this goes out to all the members of the Red Patch Boys. Um, when you are in the stands, 
don't forget to come out and help everybody pregame to do the setup. It takes a very long time. I know, Peter, you spend a very long time before the game putting out all the flags, all the banners. I'm sure you're looking for some fresh blood to help out. Um, don't forget to, to give your two cents on new chance. If you have one posted in the message uh, boards, the Facebook group, talk to anyone in the stands. We'd love to hear it. Uh, don't forget to sing. Uh, at the end of the day, we are supporters. You can be pissed off at the team all you want, but during those 90 minutes, we're there to support. Let them hear us. Uh, let them hear your, your displeasure before and after the game. But for those 90 minutes, we're cheering on the white and concrete grays, right, Cam? White and concrete grays, precisely. Um, I love that. I wish we hadn't saved the very last bit of this episode for that because it is a very important message. And I think I will echo that, or hopefully Ben will echo that at the beginning of the next episode. 100% volunteer-based here, folks. We go out and set it up for the boys to play well, to look good, to feel loved. And that big part of it is Peter Peter's... Uh, um, support team that come out every game. Um, so if you're there, if you want to come in and get involved, come down and say hello. Happy to welcome you in there and uh, put a flag in your hand. So please come on down. Um, it's it's no good just to complain. If, if you don't like how things are being done, actually get out and, uh, and do it. Politics 101. Uh, all right. I love it. Um, Peter, thank you very much. Oh, we have one more point, Peter. Yeah, jump in there. For any of those... Uh betters out there especially now ontario gaming is everywhere it's a 51 to 1 odds for toronto fc to win it the game or the mls cup the mls cup okay put me down for a toonie toronto toonies toronto toonies um awesome all right gentlemen uh peter thank you very much for joining us i really appreciate the time your work as our vice president and continued support drumming and just your general friendship. David Oliveira, thank you so much for creating two wonderful children. Um, they are the my pleasure during the time. It was my pleasure. Trust me. It was. Uh, they are the future of TFC, the future of the Red Patch Boys, and they are a legacy. I uh, appreciate your time and energy and, and friendship as always. Um, on behalf of Ben McClellan, I'm Cameron Miller. Uh, the entire Red Patch Boys podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, come on, you Reds. <laughs>